is Casey Hendrickson on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Phone number 574-2595-953. That is 2595-953. By the way, uh, comedian Ron White, has announced he's coming back to Elkhart. I heard that he liked Elkhart a lot. So he's going to come to the Learner, and uh, he's going to be doing that in February. So keep an eye on tickets for that. Uh, I'm not saying that we're going to have anything to do with it. I just know that a lot of you like Ron White. Uh, I like Ron White, too. And I know that I know some people who were close with him when he was here last time. Um, had some very interesting stories to share about Ron White. So I, uh, he apparently really likes uh, coming to Michiana, and Elkhart in particular. Remember there was a whole cigar controversy last time because Elkhart had just passed the smoking ban, and of course he smokes on stage. And then they thought about doing the exception just for him, and I was telling everybody who was considering that that they were stupid because how dare you? He's not more important than the city of Elkhart. But it was just one of those things. And anyway, they ended up getting... Uh, that whole thing sorted out, but it was still pretty interesting to see that. Anyway, 574-2595-953. That's 2595-953. Do you want to thank our sponsor, Second Amendment Arms and Range, located in New Carlisle? And they have 10 dedicated shooting lanes. Rifle and pistol is available. They have rentals there. You can get ammo. You can get targets and accessories and my knives and holsters and all of that stuff. And you get great discounts just by mentioning me. Go to secondamendmentarms.net for more information. Pete Buttigieg may still be in this thing. Now, I told you two months ago he should have started going on the attack. Okay? And he didn't. I don't know why he kept playing nice. I don't know what that was about. He finally started going on the attack. He went after Beto in the days leading up to the last debate. And then at the debate, he actually fought. Who knew? Who knew Pete Buttigieg, uh, he, uh, he learned how to throw a couple of punches, at least in the short term. And guess what? He's got fundraising coming in, and he is surging in the Iowa polls. Isn't that interesting? Ladies and gentlemen, Pete Buttigieg in Iowa is out of single-digit polling. The RCP average has him tied with Bernie Sanders for third place at 14.3%. The latest poll has him, has him. Uh, I think he's still in third, but much closer. Now, here's what we have in Iowa, okay? Biden is at 21, and he's dropping. Elizabeth Warren is at 20.7, and she's dropping. Pete Buttigieg is at 14.3, he's rising. Bernie Sanders is at 14.3, and he's dropping. Kamala Harris is next at 3.3%. Which is weird, because she moved to Iowa, essentially. Not actually moved there, but her campaign strategy was to bleeping move there. In other words, she was going to be in Iowa all the time. Turns out they're a little sick of her crap, and uh, (laughs) she's only at 3.3%. I mean, she's basically margin of error, okay? So, Pete Buttigieg is actually surging in Iowa. So, how is Pete Buttigieg doing in New Hampshire which comes after Iowa. Ah, not so great. Is at 8.7, which is better than it used to be, but he's still in fourth place. Bernie Sanders is ahead of him uh, by uh, eight points. So Bernie Sanders at 16.7, Biden's at 24, Warren's at 27.3. If you look at Nevada, 
Pete's still not even even a contender in Nevada. He's not a contender in South Carolina. Now, again, Iowa is where everybody's focused right now, so that would make sense. But let's look at nationally. Nationally, Pete Buttigieg is rising, and he is now up to 6%. So <clears throat> he's still not doing great nationally. But in Iowa, in Iowa, he's 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 got he got himself some funding after that debate. And in Iowa, he is looking, he's looking much better. He's an actual contender in Iowa now, where he hasn't been a contender. So that's good news for the Buttigieg camp. And all it took was him to start fighting for once instead of trying to play the the nice guy. Uh, and that's what he's been doing. Uh, then there's this article of the Daily Caller. I posted this on Facebook on how CEO of Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, gave Pete Buttigieg a list of names of potential hires for the campaign, and Pete basically started hiring people from them. Uh, but again, he did get a surge in funding. What is his numbers here? Uh, I'm trying to look at the... And the article has that he's surging in polls and that he's getting some fundraising. Ah, I don't have his actual fundraising after the uh, after the uh, the debate, but he's rising in Iowa, which is good news for him. Now, to put this in context, I think Pete Buttigieg at last count, like 20-some-odd million dollars on hand, okay? Now, that's before the debate. At 20-some-odd million dollars on hand. And guess how much Trump has? Over $300 million. Trump has broken several fundraising records, okay? Now, this is Trump. This is not even the GOP, which continues to break their own fundraising records, okay? President Donald Trump is presiding over a money machine and now has the most well-funded re-election campaign in history. According to fun, uh, fundraising numbers released last week, political reports that the Trump and Republican National Coalition have raised more than $300 million, and the president alone has $158 million cash on hand to kick off his re-election bid. He dwarfs everybody else. Did you know that Biden, in spite of the fact that he's still leading in the polls, only has like, I don't know, 6 to $9 million on hand? Because he spends a ton of money. Did you know that Joe Biden spent almost a million dollars on private flights? You know how he... I, I'm just, it's such a ridiculous number. But then, here's the thing. They wasted more money by buying carbon credits. Which is the biggest environmental scam that you could possibly fathom. Okay, I've been writing about carbon credits since Al Gore first released the idea of carbon credits all those years ago. Uh, it's a huge scam. So the Biden campaign is offsetting their exorbitant private flight money with more money by buying carbon credits. And he's just burning through cash. He's got no cash. So Pete Buttigieg raising less money than Biden, but has more money on hand. Meanwhile, Trump is destroying everybody with this. So he's got $158 million cash on hand. They've raised more than $300 million dollars. Um, let's see. The numbers have Democrats worried, and they should. And at least one strategist told the Washington, D.C.-based news outlet that the resources that he has will be put to work anywhere and everywhere that he feels like he can scare uh, scare up electoral votes, and Democrats will never catch up. It's just too much money. And, yeah. So the DNC can't raise any cash. The DNC is really terrible at it under Perez. However, the De Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee is really good at raising money. And they are raising money, but they're raising tens of millions of dollars, not hundreds of millions of dollars. So uh, right now, 
Things don't look good for the Democrats, but there is a year left and a lot can happen in a year. It is still way too early. And there's still a lot of people that will not give money until there is a nominee. Okay, so just understand that until the Democrats actually get a nominee, there's a lot of people who are not going to kick in any cash for it. Joel, welcome to the program. Good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon. How are you doing? I'm doing well. What's up? I just love your show. Thank you. Um, I kind of answered my own question while I was sitting there on hold waiting. Okay. And I'm just infuriated that anybody in Iowa would even consider a Democrat since Mayor Pete and all the rest of them are against the Electoral College. Yeah. And you get rid of that, and Iowa is nothing. And I don't know how these people don't understand that. And I thought, how can they vote for Mayor Pete? Well, they're all the same. And so I, I just don't understand how these people can can even allow that thought to even occur, because otherwise we are totally we're done in. Well, I look, mean, it's. I think that's a that's a very valid point. You also have to factor in his green policies, and some of the farmers have taken Elizabeth Warren to task for the green policies because they've had to explain how like cows and stuff work, uh, because they don't know. I mean, they they literally they have no idea. And but you know, Iowa is like Indiana. They have liberals there, in spite of the fact that it's farm country, and their policies defy the logics of basic food distribution. But I, I, you know, it's look, look how blue South Bend is and look how close it is to farmland. You know, it's it's just I don't it boggles the mind. But there are swaths of the population that don't think about it and they still don't understand how it all works. And they live in an urban area. And so it's not affecting them, they think, even though it is. So, yeah, it's it is pretty interesting considering he and others are talking about not eating meat and not using straws while he's at their big barbecue grilling up meat and drinking out of a straw that famous photo of him and and other democrats doing that while telling everybody else to stop doing it but i don't know maybe there aren't a lot of turtles in iowa i i guess it's just it's just uh amazing to me that these people don't understand uh what what that'll happen if they ever and they Trust me, they'll do everything they can to get rid of the Electoral College if they're getting power again. And Iowa will be nothing. We'll sure. be nothing. Yeah, and but it's, and look, you'll notice, though, that the more openly extreme types, other than Bernie Sanders, who just has this weird uh, likable quality to him, other, than, other than, than him, the extreme types, and I'm talking about the outwardly extreme, obviously Elizabeth Warren and Pete Buttigieg and Joe Biden are more extreme than they let on, but they play the moderate in, pub- in public. But the more extreme types who are upfront about it, they're polling at, at two, 3% or less. So people in Iowa are only looking at the people that they view as potentially being moderate. And and even once once you start learning about, like you said, the electoral college stuff, the environmental policy stuff, and how that's going to affect people in Iowa, um, no Democrat's going to win in Iowa in the general election. It's just purely about you know the 500 Democrats that are there right now um, in the uh, the primary. So agreed, Casey. Great show. I love thank, it. I thank look you, forward buddy. to you every day. Thank I you. appreciate it. Thank you so much. You thank take you. care. Bye. Yes, I know there's more than 500 Democrats in Iowa. There's at least 650. We've got more coming up on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Got to tell you about Monterey Mexican Bar and Grill. Authentic Mexican food made from scratch literally every single day. 
And uh, we had my birthday party over at Monterey Mexican Bar and Grill here on the 3rd. And it was a blast. They were really, really awesome hosts. And we got the party room. They um, they brought out some really great dishes for us to share. And uh, had some drinks, had some fun. So it was it was just a great place. And it always is a great place. And people were, you know, even people in the restaurant coming back and saying hi. And it's just a phenomenal place for you to get great food, family environment, just a, a phenomenal, authentic Mexican experience, which is hard to find in Michiana. Let's be perfectly honest. I've told you this before. When we first moved here, it was very difficult finding real Mexican food. It was very difficult. I know that there are places that exist. Not all of them are very convenient. And Monterey Mexican Bar and Grill is extremely convenient. They're located right there on McKinley and Division. It's really easy for you to get to. 507 East McKinley Avenue is the address. If you're looking for catering, you want to host a party there, you just want to go have some drinks uh, after work, they have specials every single day. Drink and food specials literally every day. And their catering is phenomenal. We have had Monterey Mexican Bar and Grill cater several MNC events. Uh, they usually cater our radiothons, and it's always amazing. People always rave about the food. So go to MontereyMexican.com, take a look at all the information, join their VIP club where you can get uh, special deals that are not available everywhere else. Follow them on Facebook, you get special deals there also. And like I said, they've got deals every single day. Uh, my wife was just telling telling me that we have to get my mom who's visiting from out of town into Monterey Mexican Bar and Grill for breakfast because the breakfast is ungodly good. It is just phenomenal. Best Mexican and American traditional dishes that you can get for breakfast and let's face it, their coffee is phenomenal. Go to MontereyMexican.com for more information. And when you go to Monterey Mexican Bar and Grill, let them know that I sent you. All right, 574-2595-953. That is 2595-953. You can also send a text message to 45364. Please put MNC at the beginning of that message. South Bend Schools facing... Some interesting decisions and possibilities coming up in the near future. Of course, um, we are now learning that there is a continuing exodus of students who are leaving South Bend School Corporation. Turns out that parents, given the choice of putting their kids in South Bend schools or other schools, tend to choose uh, the other schools. Of course, we knew that. It's just getting worse. Uh, with the budget projecting a loss of nearly $17 million. And by the way, that's not $17 million in the hole. It just means they're making $17 million less than they were. And the reason for that is primarily that hundreds of students are no longer going to go to school there anymore. I went over their budgets with everybody last week. They will not have a shortfall. Okay? It's imperative that you understand that. But... South Bend school leaders say drastic adjustments will have to be made across the district, including closing schools and asking city residents to approve additional tax support. I told you it was coming. There's that referendum stuff. They don't need it. Okay? The reason that they have $17 million less coming is because people are not going to school there. You do not get paid for work you don't do. Everybody understands this, this whole concept outside of public education. You don't get paid for crap you don't do. It's really that simple, right? If you're a carpenter, your clients are not going to pay you if you don't actually build the deck. So if you don't educate a child, you're not going to get the tax money that pays for the child that you're not educating. Really a simple thing. But of course, they spin this as we're losing $17 million and it's all because of house taxes. No, it's not. That is a lie. 
This is a fundamental lie. Now, closing schools, guess what? That's a possibility. If you've got a bunch of empty schools where nobody goes to school there anymore because everybody's pulling their kids out, yeah, there's a good chance you're going to have to close some schools down or merge some schools together, which is an inconvenience to parents who have to travel farther to get their kid to school. It's an issue with busing, which already sucks in South Bend anyway. So, yeah, there's some issues there. But we went over their budget. They are not going to lose money. They are still projected to come out under budget, okay? But they're telling you that they're losing $17 million, and it's all because of the property tax caps. It isn't. Just like it isn't in Elkhart Community Schools either. But they tried to make that case to you because they want more money. So you have to ask yourself, why do you want, not you, you have to ask yourself, why do they want money for doing work that they're not doing. Because that's ultimately what they're saying. Yeah, we're losing $17 million, but they have hundreds of less students who are going there. Now, there's some other things that were, uh, were a factor in all of that that we went over last week as well. But um, again, if yeah, if you have... Here's the thing. South uh, School Board President John Anella later said buildings have to be closed. So the K-12 through buildings were built for 23 to 24,000 students. Guess how many they have enrolled? 16,000. Yeah, you're going to have to close some buildings down. Sell them off. You don't need them. It's that simple. Now, again, for the parents who are going to be inconvenienced about having to get their kid to a school farther away, I feel for you. I really do. And it's not your fault that that is happening. But... If you have a school system that is built to handle 23 to 24,000 students, but you only have 16,000 students, there's going to be a lot of empty space in your schools. And the reason there's a lot of empty space is not because people are leaving the city of South Bend. I mean, it's relatively stagnant population, although it did lose population a year ago, slightly. But there's not a mass exodus of people moving out of South Bend. There's just a mass exodus of parents who don't want their kids educated by the South Bend school system because it doesn't have a good reputation. And a lot of that reputation, I realize, is not going to be on the teachers and faculty. Okay, I understand that a lot of these schools are in not-so-great areas where parents are not involved and kids don't really care about education and the community itself surrounding that school doesn't value education. I realize that, but that does not change the fact that they have to be good stewards of taxpayer money. And if you have... 16,000 students enrolled in a system that is designed for 23 to 24,000, you don't get $17 million to make up for work that you're not doing just so you can keep empty buildings open. That's silly. And that you can continue to have teachers who have no students to teach on staff. Especially when the old Tennessee study, which is done in the 60s, has been completely debunked and proven wrong about student class volume. You don't need to have that many teachers teaching the students in South Bend. Now, there will be, in certain circumstances, it's always better to have a lower student-to-teacher ratio uh, when you are in elementary school. But as you get into junior high and high school, it becomes less and less important, according to the research, which has been repeated over and over and peer-reviewed for a couple of decades now. Disproving the old Tennessee study. Okay, You don't need to have these small numbers, which means... You can go, because now South Bend teachers are out there telling everybody uh, ideas on how they can raise their pay and all that. And I'm all for good teachers getting more pay. Okay, I'm all for that. 
but one of the most effective ways to raise teacher pay is to get rid of all of the teachers you don't need. Okay, so you heartless scum you. I know. But if you have a school system designed for twenty three to 24,000 students, but you only have 16,000 students enrolled, you better build the system for 16,000 students, and that's going to mean staff reductions. Not just closing buildings, but it's going to mean staff reductions, and it's going to mean that you're going to be able to save that money now. But this idea that, oh, we're losing $17 million. They're not. They're just getting $17 million less because they're not doing that $17 million worth of work now because the students are gone. We've got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel.